and we are recording with Miss Martha Fowler, who was on last week with Dr. Adity Bargava. And um, as last week, and as Dr. Bargava says with UCSF, and Dr. McCullough says with uh, Baylor, you with Rice University, nothing you're saying represents them. This is you speaking as yourself, as an individual. And nothing I say represents any of these institutions or anyone I've ever interviewed. But before we go further, if you want to kind of elaborate on that disclaimer to save yourself, uh, take it away. Yeah. Um, thank you, Tommy, for having me on your podcast again. I appreciate it. I'm excited for us to have our conversation. Um, yeah. So, again, anything I say um, does not represent any of my affiliated institutions. This is purely based on um, previous knowledge and my own uh, uh independent research. So I, I did read your entire thesis, uh, for everyone listening. I, I saw the email at three. I started reading at six. I did go through 73 pages. I don't know how much I retained probably next to nothing, but it was a point of pride of point of pride for me to get through it all. Um, so let me say it in my dumbest possible way before you kind of go into what it actually is. The core of them regenerate, and I'm not going to use any medical terms. So you're going to know what I'm talking about, but for all the people listening to me, the core of the of the tumors or the neurospheres regenerate themselves. Those are like a 3D printer. I, I, I use really weird analogies, or just a printer. The outside are kind of like what has been copied. So let's say, let's say you are spreading flyers or something. Let's pretend you're spreading misinformation flyers. The interior is the printer. It has the ability to print other printers, self-regenerating, the progenitor cells. And it also has the ability to do whatever the extraneous thing is, the movement, whether it be the oligodendrocytes, the axon, myelin sheathing, all along the white matter tracks. That's putting up the flyers, right? It's putting up the flyers throughout the city. And people are trying to tear them down. They're like, take it down, take it down, take it down. You know, like the angry dictator. And... There's kind of two ways to go about it. One mode of attack is we have to take down all the flyers, but the printers are still there. The other mode is we can take down the printer and we'll have tumor regression, meaning that there aren't any new flyers, but there are still the existing flyers out there. If you just pluck the flyers, the printers can regenerate themselves. And with that, it also doesn't move chaotically through the mass of the city. It moves along tracks the roads the sidewalks like electricity going through the air it's going to find the metal the heat is going to find the copper like in a cooling system it's going to go through along those lines of least resistance be it electrical or in this case biological the scaffolding it goes along those lines and that also allows it to evade things so if you find that that cancerous piece you got to go in with a scalpel or it's not 1910 anymore whatever femto lasers they're using to remove those bits. But you can't, you literally have to get, and no one uses that word correctly anymore, but you literally have to get 100% of them or the self-regenerating, the progenitors in the core of the neurosphere, the, the, the SOX, SOX2 and the OLEG2 rich transcription, fa- transcription factors, which you use with the immunofluorescence to find them. I do remember that from biology they will still move along, they can regrow themselves, 
And it also seems you have the go or the grow hypothesis. So if you're the kind of the, and there's another thing I thought of, I just read a book, as I was telling you, the most recent books earlier is where I use analogies from. I just, I just interviewed Richard Rhodes last week for a book about ants. It was actually really interesting. But they would move in this mass. And sometimes they would move in such a mass that like the queen and like a bunch of food, and I'm talking like um, 10 million ants at once, not like a little ant pile. It's creepy. I mean, like yeah. 10 feet wide, like you can actually hear it. That's how many ants there were. But in the center would be like the queen and there'd actually be like food morsels or something. And along the outsides, you'd have these little nodes. And I'm going to forget the word, but whatever the thing is for the moving, was it palate, something with a P, about like moving nodes of, of cells? Yeah. Those are the ants on the exterior. Those are more rich in oleic too because they are always constantly growing. The ones in the center, the fat queen bad bitch who's re regenerating, you, could, you would say more queens, which doesn't really work with ants. That's in the center that has less of those, but it always has to be growing. If it's not growing, you got to get to the exterior and start moving out. Mom and dad kicking the sun out. Hey, you're 30 years old. Get out of the house. And also you have to keep doing that because they can't grow forever because you have, I can't ever pronounce it, apoptosis where the cell death, cell suicide, because the bigger the mass gets, kind of like a planet can only get so large before it collapses in on itself and undergoes fusion and becomes a star, the center doesn't get nutrients. So it actually doesn't want to be perpetually growing outwards. It's grow or go moving along. So you make your own scaffolding with your, your at-home contraption, which you said wasn't as good as the commercial ones, but it's still kind of badass. That was some Tony Stark shit, like making it in a cave. You can make that with your, I remember, with your, your M electrode and everything. Yeah. You make that. I, I, not, not for my name at all. Uh, what? It was just, it, it wasn't, I wasn't trying nothing to, to do with it. There wasn't an <laughs> F1 shape. There was, has nothing yeah. to do with, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you have those and they move along the tracks and they maintain their stemness. And mm-hmm. so a lot of it, and I say this very relatively, I feel like a lot of it was probably not much of a surprise. It's like, okay, it moves along the tracks instead of in like the chaotic middle ground. Just like I drive my car on the road, I don't just drive through apartments to get to Walmart, right? It kind of mm-hmm. makes the path of least resistance, sure. Mm-hmm. Maintaining the stemness seems to be how you treat it. Because it can move along these tracks, it stays within the nervous system, doesn't go out to other stuff, so it clearly has an affinity for whatever myelination thing's going on. It maintains the stemness. The ants are always coming off of the main mass. The queen's always in the center, regenerating itself, and even if, it's, even if it stops regenerating itself, it can actually take some of the other ones that have been differentiated and bring them back into pluripotent stem cell or quiescence. So something to do with being on the tract maintains their stemness, which means they can go dormant. And then even after surgery and you blast it with everything, they can kind of poke their head up and be like, all right, we're good. And they can start growing again. So the trick comes down to somehow, if I think, attacking the core of the neurosphere to stop the growth and something to do with the transcription factors, Oleg 2 and SOX2, which aren't only on those. They're on everything. They're just in different parameters here. You want to attack those to 
avoid or to at least slow down growth because like you said, even with maximal treatment, it's 12 to 18 months. And because you either have regression or you have like momentary pausing and then relapse, your idea is to kind of do like a two-pronged approach, much like the M. Well, I guess there's three-pronged approach. That doesn't work to get it. And no, I just ranted for like 10 minutes as someone who has not taken a biology class in almost a decade. Had I do. That was really good. All right. That was really Pod- good. Podcast over. Yeah. yeah, we're done. All right. All right. All right. Your thoughts on that. How do you explain it more intelligently? Yeah. No, that was, that was spot on. Um, so the main thing that we were having trouble with was actually, so we had a home-built electrospinner is what we call it. Um, so essentially that's, you apply an electric current to a, um, a solution like a polymer solution in a needle and then to a target that would collect that solution and that electric difference or that difference in electric field is actually going to cause the solvent to evaporate so you're left over with whatever polymer you put into that solution that's going to make the scaffold and then you can design the collector um, to dictate how that scaffold is going to turn out in its morphology so if you just had a flat um, aluminum collector it would the fibers kind of just fall on there randomly and you can change the parameters when you're um, electrospinning like the flow rate the electric current um, and that would all dictate how those fibers would look uh, like how large they would be how coarse the scaffold would be Um, so where we ran into troubles was actually trying to create aligned fibers so it's actually something that can be um, pretty problematic if you don't have a commercial oh. um, electrospinner, you know, a high-grade um, electrospinner. So what I then uh, went ahead and did was try to invent or come up with some kind of design where you can build this system, right, um, in your lab without purchasing a, uh, a fancy one, um, and you can get aligned fibers. So that's where I came up with these different targets. And it's actually kind of funny because I, uh, the reason why I guess I got interested in bioengineering was because of this project, because I would go to home Depot and just spend hours there looking at parts, like looking at different pieces and trying to come up with designs and what I could fabricate. So I would just go in and buy a bunch of aluminum, (laughs) (laughs) just a bunch of tin and all that, you know, I would just, go in there and uh, bring it all back to the lab and think what I could create. I remember for one trip to my parents' house with my stepdad, we just sat at the dinner table at all these pieces and we we're assembling it, uh, placing it onto like this wood pallet to create all these designs. So it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but then I had to test each one of those uh, in the lab and, try and encourage alignment of these fibers because we wanted to, or I wanted to really um, uh, study uh, brain cancer. And so this was one problem when I was doing my research that um, seemed to be the most interesting. Uh, We already had the electrospinner in the lab. Um, We could already design random fibers uh, for wound healing, actually, is what we were applying them to, uh, to create dermal wound uh, mimics. Um, but then I used that technology, found some kind of collector that would create a line fiber. So then that way I could study something in the cancer field. Um, so brain tumors uh, more specifically. 
Um, so yeah, and then from there, I developed collaborations with a lab that had patient-derived um, brain tumor samples, uh, real blastoma is what they're called. And what was really um, different about these samples is that they were enriched for the stem cell population. So at that time, um, and even now in the literature, one of the themes that's responsible for patient relapse is that stem cell population in that tumor. So what's interesting with, I almost think of tumors as its own little organ because every organ in our body oh, yeah. has its own cells, right? Yeah. To replace it when they get damaged. movement, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. It's it's Tumors are almost kind of alien when we think of them because um, they take the best components, right, of our, <laughs> our body. Um, they can create vasculature, right? They can get their own. It's called angiogenesis. They yeah. can get their own blood supply to them. They're creepy. Um, they use up, yeah, a lot of sugar and glucose. So they use up a lot of energy for our bodies. Uh, and then they have this ability to metastasize and move wherever they want um, to in the body. So, yeah, I got really interested in the stem cell component because, yeah, when I was just doing my, um, so whenever you, you know, are designing a, a thesis, you look into the literature, lots and lots of different articles and try to find what interests you and where a gap might be. Um, so I was more interested in the stem cell component because it was the component that has been linked to chemotherapy resistance and patient relapse. Um, so creating these or growing these neurospheres then in the lab, when you grow them in a neurosphere uh, culture, actually helps maintain their stemness, so we call it. That's a funny word, but oh. yeah, so it uh, helps retain, um, because when cells actually go onto a surface, they'll actually start to, we call it differentiate, mm -hmm. so they'll actually start to change their phenotype. So that's why we have to grow them in uh, suspension uh, cultures. Um, and then once I was able to create aligned scaffolds, um, then these spheroids were placed onto uh, aligned versus these random scaffolds. And I really wanted to focus on, again, it was just a master's degree, so it was a bit short. I would have wanted to do a lot more in the stem cell component. Um, so it was, I wanted to look more into like their resistance and especially with those markers. So um, when I wanted to show that the cells, when they migrate, even though they attach to the surface, because usually, right, when cells attach to the surface, you'll see differentiation. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to show, right, yeah, so I wanted to show that these cells, even though they're moving throughout uh, a brain, I wanted to create a mimic where you could show that the stem cells could move out of a tumor, right, and that they were going to be the, the ones responsible uh, for moving out versus, like, the differentiated cells. And then, because if you have the stem cells that are mostly moving out and away from the core and those ones are responsible for um you know hiding away um from the resection right so when they resect the large tumor you're going to have some residual cells sure. um so some of those residual uh, residual, <laughs> residual cells <laughs> um can be stem cells right so if you have stem cells left over after a resection those can then give rise to a whole new tumor because they will start to divide. So they'll give off another stem cell when they divide and then another cell that will probably go towards differentiation. So it's going to encourage another tumor to form and that's how patients 
uh, relapse. And then these stem cells are uh, chemotherapy resistant. Uh, so TMZ was the big chemotherapy agent for glioblastoma, and they actually, it's been shown that they have resistance uh, to that chemotherapy agent. So it's a, it was a pretty fun and uh, uh, project, and I, I like when there's, you know, I mean, that's usually the case with science, right? We don't have all the answers, so you can investigate anything and find the gap. Yeah. No, no one can say you're doing it wrong because you're like, well, you don't know what's right. So technically, none of us do. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think you I mean you could almost you could almost make like a, like a loose analogy to like early life. You could say, and this is going to be really loose, and I'm making it up as I go. So excuse me. Like early life, like single 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 cellular, maybe multicellular, like throughout the ocean, and now that, that's not a as different life forms reach different areas of earth, granted it's over billions of years and not in the lifetime of a cell or something, but you can sort of see if you do like a time lapse, time lapse of all of like life, you could see as like you said, it hits the surface and then it starts, there's instantly, it starts differentiating the genotype switches. Hey, turn that off. Now we need more of this because we're on the ground or we're near a light. You can see that life takes different ways. I mean, we know that there's not just cells, but I mean, we know that there's life at the bottom of the ocean. We know that there are, you know, birds that can fly for an insanely long time. We know that there were once dinosaurs. We know that we have us walking around, you know, slowly becoming more and more hairless, standing up. We don't have the cossacks anymore. The brain's moving more, posable thumbs. And then there's still other things where something like the Galapagos Islands, right, where you get genetic drift. You get something over here, adapts, no, no, no more or less different than a penguin adapting to an Antarctica or a camel adapting to an African desert. You get them on an island and they can sort of drift within there. That seems to be more like the Oleg 2 kind of the quote-unquote movement. I know this is a very different analogy because we're talking about cells reproducing in a 40-hour trial over, you know, 4 billion years, but versus... You could say like the stem would would maybe be like again it's not really working this analogy temporally would be that original single cell or multicellular thing where it's almost it's almost like if you took that and somehow put it on like Mars and it didn't die it would take a long time but you would eventually get a biosphere but you could say the stemness right that 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 central part is like the original kind of seed. And mm-hmm. the problem is, is it's not that you just find that and go, well, there it is. Well, everything that has Oleg 2 and SOX 2, we just kill. And it's like, well, funny thing about that is, is like kind of everything else in the brain, the very thing has, we're trying to save. Oh, there, yes, yes. I'm, I, I told you. The what, expressions just increased, right? So you have yes, expression 70 differences. To 90, yeah. Right. But that's why, right, you wouldn't want to essentially target that necessarily, yeah. right? Because... All your other cells have that, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's, yeah, because you couldn't, it's, that's, it's the, it's the same thing. So I was thinking as you said this, um, well, one, it also kind of sounds like the problem with, to do a complete 180 carbon nanotubes this isn't an alignment with all the microscopic stuff and nanoscopic stuff this isn't always about alignment, like the difference between just like graphene and car. Yeah, so that's insane that you were able to do that. But I was thinking of another thing. There was a, I think they did it in Japan. They did this study where they're trying to find the most efficient way to lay out a new subway system. I don't mean like construction methods. I mean like if we're going to build the subway, what is the most efficient? We want to station here, here, the movement of people. Just just a trillion factors, right? 
you know, the habits of people, the businesses and everything, the culture. And they came up with like a design. It looked pretty good. And so what they did was they're like, well, hold on, let's look at like the United States. And I think they chose like the main, like the Eisenhower interstate system between all of the big cities. And they like mapped it out kind of like you did with the, with the, the graphic design, which I did understand graphic design going in with the TIFF image and moving all this stuff and using the freehand. That part, I, I, get, that. I get that from making memes. But what they did is they showed it as, seriously though, they looked at, they're like, here's the United States with all these different hubs, San Francisco, Texas, or Houston, Boston, New York, LA, whatever. They then wanted to see what would happen if you took a life form? And I think they used, I don't know why they used psilocybin, the psychedelic mushroom, but they did use that uh, cubensis mushroom. And they put the spores on some agar and they wanted to see how would it, because it will do it in the most efficient way, much like, mm-hmm. much like it'll just, like a force, it'll use mm-hmm. all the little, the nodes going out and sending back feedback. Don't go that way, go more this way. Yeah. yeah. And it actually did, kind of develop its own quote-unquote subway system that looked pretty close to ours but it was like 30 percent more fit which is everything when you're Mm -hmm. talking about billions of passengers it looked pretty close to ours but there are some things that they were like oh we never even thought about that the point of that whole rant is it really comes down to like a question of two ways is the cancer just perpetuating itself and just kind of growing for growth's sake and it found that going along the white tracks is the way to go or are there different parts of the brain because you said it stays within the brain so it's not you know it would just kind of i guess go to your fat or something if it just wanted nutrients all day long could it be possible that let me take it back to the the agar analogy they put little like nutrient sources where the cities were mm-hmm are the cancer cells, are they moving towards parts of the brain that maybe we're not, we're looking at as just haphazard, uh, unlimited growth? Could it be possible, and I don't even know if this is within your specialty, could it be possible that there are parts of the brain that it is maybe trying to grow towards? Are there more nutrient, and I know that that sounds stupid, but like, is, is there a method to their growth? Or well, There clearly is. They're not going through the random gray matter. They're going along the white track mm-hmm. matter. And they have, they're have pretty good. They're pretty sneaky bastards. Like they've figured it out really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, it's a catch-22 because then it kills the brain and then the whole thing it doesn't work anymore. But if you could run that forever, which is what you're doing with your scaffolding mimicking it, is it possible to, if you could just run that simulation longer what would be the long term could you see is it actually trying to make almost like some meta structure and if you could visualize that meta structure would that be a way to fight it like the forest fire isn't random i think it's going to the other parts of the forest like maybe if we cut it off is that anywhere near reality or have i gone full just off the deep end no i feel like <laughs> you're, you're asking good research questions well I did, uh, I did um, research with fish. Thank you. <laughs> you got to go get your PhD. Yes. Yeah, that. that. Um, <laughs> Not for me, dude. I got to get um, in front of a camera. But no, I mean, but that's what I think research takes creativity, right? A creative brain. Um, 
because you've got to think like that, right? Think outside the box. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, I don't know 100% um, <laughs> the answer to that of if there's a kind of destined um, yeah. uh, movement. I think, um, again, like we we're saying, they're going to take the path of least resistance. I think, too, they're going to take the path of survival. So they also... Um, excrete something called exosomes. So they actually communicate with each other through the material that they um, push out of the cell. Uh, each cell can communicate. Uh, so when we actually did some of the uh, microscopy on the, uh, the scan electron microscopy on these cells, within one individual cell, you can actually see all the small little exosomes and another cell nearby with the exosomes along the uh, fibers. So but that's a whole other other field, you know, that like even that communication, like someone could do a whole PhD yeah. thesis just on that, you know, and I'm sure it is, it's already out there up somewhere. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very interesting, you know, we don't know if there is a method to the madness. Um, I think yeah, what I would hypothesize is that, yeah, they're, you know, they're trying to survive. And right now when they, um, you know, adapt to that environment that they're in, they're going to change the way they, you know, they're going to change because they're going to get used to that environment. So like if they, there's a whole thing of when a cell goes, let's say from the skin um, into the bloodstream, and it's called epithelial mesenchymal transition. So they actually change their, you know, phenotype and they're changing to survive in another compartment, right, is the way I like to think of it. Um, so, I mean, they're very adaptable. Um, it's, you know, if, if our organs were all that way and tried to survive all the time and live, you know, forever, yeah, that'd be great. But it seems like these tumor cells can do that. But then the catch, right, is that it's it not functional. Kills the host. It's not. Yeah. It's not yeah. long term. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, because, I mean, the tumor, right, cannot live a, a the, the patient sure. sometimes, right? I mean, we all have mutated cells that our bodies can detect and can get rid of. Um, but, you know, in, in the chance that a tumor does occur, tumor cells, I don't know if you know this, but they have, uh, do you know what uh, telomeres are? Yeah, the shortening of the, right, isn't the length of your telomeres, doesn't that depend on, like, your life? And that recurs while it's yeah. into that with this book. And, like, can we lengthen the telomeres? Wasn't there, like, some supplement people were pushing? I think it was like lion's yes. mushroom. Telomerase. Tel no, so the enzyme yeah. that extends it. Yeah. Telomerase. Yeah. 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 There's some, I think it was lion's main lion's main mushroom. And it was like a supplement you could buy and it had like the only like naturally occurring like NG like nerve growth factor. And they thought that has something to do with telomeres. I don't yeah. know how far that went. Sorry. No, it, no, it was a whole a whole field of actually yeah. therapeutic field, right? They were no, they were actually yeah, yeah thinking bio, that this is how you could live forever. Yeah, but you turn into essentially yeah one non-functioning blob, right? Because it's but you live forever. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> parts of you will right. Essentially, that's a tumor, right? It's part of you oh, has God. your genetics. <laughs> that's some horror movie shit. It lives, yeah, right. It yeah. really is. Um, but, you know, they so tumors can do that, right? Tumors can extend their telomeres, too. So that's why they're, you know, called the immortal cell, um, pretty much. And we can extend them and grow them, you know, however we want. And they will actually signal telomerase. And that, and that goes back to more of that. What's interesting about tumors that you can think of, uh, cancer research also involved or 
similar to developmental biology, right? Because you have these stem cells that are behaving a certain way. Um, for example, like in developmental biology or uh, in uh, in the fetus, right? You, uh, your DNA does actually have to be long, right? So t- telomeres or telomerase um, is, is going to be there, but, you know, once you're, uh, uh, you know, born and all that, you know, your DNA starts dividing your telomeres and every time, a, you know, your cell divides, that, that telomere gets shorter, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing extends it. So tumors, in a way, just take on the form of, at least that's what I think of it, of something that's first developing, right, at the initial stages of life. Uh-huh. Um Okay. Yeah. yeah like, er, like early, emb- yeah, like physiology. I mean, like embryonic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it needs, you know, like I said, it needs a lot of um, nutrients to grow and divide. And it uh, one uh, when they first discovered the angiogenesis, actually, too, when they so whenever they, you know, you discover a component of the tumor that could be contributing to its survival, you try to cut it off and see if that's mm-hmm. going to be a a treatment essentially. So the person that found out about angiogenesis, right. Um, you know, that was going to be the, Oh, the cure all like, you know, we found a way to cut off their nutrient supply. Right. Cause when you think of, you know, okay, if you cut off nutrients to something, cut off the food source, it should die out. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> so when you, so an anti, um, it's called VEGF is what they secrete to create these, um, uh, new vessels. And so they thought though that if you did like an anti-VEGF treatment, that the the right they wouldn't be able to allow angiogenesis. So they would. So then when you think about a, a tumor cells that are clustered without nutrients in the middle, it's actually going to be um, uh, necrosis. It's uh-huh. going to die, right? That's like when we can't get oxygen yeah. right to a certain part, right? It becomes necrosis. So same thing with a tumor it becomes necrotic in the center. Um, but the issue with that is that we know that these cells can migrate. And degrade matrix even around them. So they found all these other things that the tumor can just, just escape. This cascading death machine. Just, like if you kill yeah. it, it's wearing a suicide vest, and it's also going to blow up everyone around it. It's. Is That's there, why there's. I mean, there's so much to cancer research. I mean, you right. I mean, you think. Yeah, I thought like, oh, angiogenesis. Oh, it's done. Just, we did it. We did yeah, it, guys. We're good. We did it. We we found it out. Yeah. Penicillin. That's the end of medicine. Now, now, is there a way that you could, instead of cutting it off, could you, I guess, two modes, and you're the researcher, not me, so please cut me off if I'm being stupid. Could you either just send it like a false signal and say, oh, you already got all the nutrients, man, you're full. Like, you're full. Or could you almost sort of like judo it, where it's like you don't try to stop the punch you like what is it like what's the sun Tzu stuff you like you grab the punch and move forward like you use their force against them is there almost any way you could like um i don't even and this shows my the limits of my medical understanding is there almost way you could a way you could do what we were talking about earlier could you almost like put in like the least lethal part I guess there's, I would imagine, I don't know anything about neuroscience, but I would imagine there's parts of the brain where it's like, if you get a tumor there, it's like, dude, that's lights out versus if you get mm-hmm. a tumor, I would rather break a finger than a spine. There's probably mm-hmm. parts of the brain where it's like, 
if you got a tumor here, like, hey, this is a good spot to have it, like all things considered. I wonder if you could almost put in nutrients or the chemicals that indicate a nutrient-rich mass. I wonder if you could put that in like a less than lethal part of the brain, like, um, yeah, just kind of like leading everyone over here, like, hey, follow me. Like, right. I wonder if you could do something like that. So instead of just trying to brute force, stop it, kill it, cut off the vascularization, or if instead it was just like, you know, putting treats down so the dog follows you down the hall and then like you kick it outside and you're like, go take a shit. Like you could, versus just trying to grab the dog and it fighting you. I wonder yeah. if you could sort of almost like art of war, like lead it along. But then would it just keep growing and growing and would it start to be like, oh, we've got nutrients everywhere. And would that just make it worse? Not that you know the answer. I certainly don't. But are there ways to go about it like that? Or am I just not even close to the mark? Yeah, no, no. I feel like that's a that's a good um, idea. You know, I'm sure there's um, there's probably somebody yeah. out there that's investigating that because, like I said, exosomes, for example, yeah, is how you signal. The, yeah, the, yeah right? the communications. Yeah, so, I mean, there, you know, there could possibly be a way that you could do some kind of um, communication to recruit, right, um, the, all the cells to a certain area, Um or try and recruit. Um, but I think, you know, it's so hard to know where these cells are going. Um, you know, we know of certain things of, okay, well, they get into the lymph nodes, all of that. But even we, you know, don't fully, I mean, there's all kinds of hypotheses on how it actually gets to the points and the steps it takes and the role that the nutrients play, what enzymes are being secreted and, how your immune system is even reacting. Um, and that I mean, even so understanding the distribution of the small individual cancer cells along with, um, use the term clearance. So when they leave an organ and can enter the lymphatics to then be, you know, in an area where, um, your immune system can get triggered and hopefully detect them. Um, but we, you know, Sometimes you don't even understand that step process. And so that's why I like tissue engineering. You can pretty much make like a little benchtop model yeah. to look at that, those, those signals, right? Because in a, in a human, you can't go and try and figure out those signals, you know, with our, I mean, our imaging technology is good, but you can't see down to the molecular level, right? Excuse me, aspirin. Um, so, but, but to go on that note, so what I was going to say is like everything's all, everything's kind of dependent on the model, right? If we, yes. if we for yeah. sure have, we know the earth is flat. So let's just work from there. You know, we're working on everything. It essentially, or eventually someone asks like, hey, how sure are we that the earth is flat? Yeah. Like every, all yeah. the work we're doing is dependent on that. Well, it's like, what do you mean it's flat, dude? And when you find out it's not, it's like, well, for the most part, nothing's different. Like gravity is still the same. Like if you want to move in that direction, you know, it's like you have to have an opposite force, but for much bigger things like orbital mechanics or over the horizon site, your model, your model falls down. If you're looking at a sheet versus a actual sphere. And I know that may upset some people. Somebody emailed me last week asking me if I want to know the truth about the flat earth. And you know, I, I sent them the episode I did with Charlie Duke, who walked on the moon and said, sorry, this guy debunked it already. So I'm sorry. But the model matters. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. could it be incorrect 
as like you said, there are limitations to the your, your homemade Tony Stark Iron Man model versus a large commercial. But even the large commercial model, as you as you were saying with the exosomes and the transcription factors, and hey, we got it figured out with angiogenesis. And then you go down decades later and you go, dude, we had no idea what we we're even talking about. Yep. Could it be beneficial that the model that you're using, right? You talked about like gelatin is this, we can't use that. We can use hyaluronic acid or all these, all this, I'm butchering most of them. We're using these to create these models that, right? And you're talking about the different ways to get, get the strands with the M electrode. And do we want this kind of fibrous thing? Do we want this kind of whatever sort of mass and fractal scales of what would represent the white tracks in the brain? If the model isn't a hundred percent correct, because you're talking about the diameters of stuff and how how much yeah. does it differentiate, and although I failed calculus three times, I can only imagine that there's probably some equation that explains how much it breaks off, like highways mm-hmm. and off ramps and cul-de-sacs and sidewalks and yeah. Is there a is there a a silver lining in that the model might not be entirely accurate it would be arrogant to, to, to assume that it was accurate we can't get anything mm-hmm. we, we our supercomputers can barely model folding proteins right down to the atomic yeah. scale yeah. if the model isn't wildly accurate could there be an answer to the question that maybe lies in it all seems good hey the water bottle still falls at 9.81 meters per second on our flat earth versus Hey guys, but if we want to shoot the water bottle over the horizon, we can do it. But now it's a spherical. Is there something there? And is that kind of like a worthless question? Because it's like, yeah, with more accurate models, everything would be better. Tommy, congratulations! Like, it's not a very, you know, it's not, it's not a very new thought. Is there anything in there? Like, could there just be like a that sort of eureka moment? Could it be in a more accurate model? And if it shows that, if your research shows that this is viable. Well, then couldn't you do that working for like a big, like a big farm? And I know they kind of have a, a bad rap right now, but couldn't that work with, hey, forget this, forget this homemade stuff. Do you want to use like an actual mouse with fMRIs? Like what if you had, does that make sense? So two questions, is the model accurate? Is, is the model accurate and is it close enough that there aren't any secrets hiding in the shadows? And if this was shown to be commercially viable, would that sort of, open the floodgates of funding if you you know you get the the proverbial cure to brain cancer that holy grail would those things not having to use this homemade stuff but actual like tissue models actual stem cell lines if you just had and again not a good rap right now but if you had like a pfizer just opening the 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 pockets of the purse strings so those two questions is the model accurate secrets in the shadows and what would unlimited funding (laughs) <laughs> yeah so of course uh so i think of it as a tissue engineer you have to or tissue engineer in training let me say that not fully tissue engineer yet um but when you are doing this kind of research of course you have to take the materials into question so we call you know they're called biomaterials so materials that would be compatible with the body or compatible with a living system that's not toxic right so at first you have to know right that your material is not going to be toxic so this you know whatever you're seeing isn't right if you're like oh the cells are dying on the line no it's just that they're toxic right that, that material is toxic using right? arsenic yeah yeah right? it's like no aluminum <laughs> not arsenic uh, my plutonium yeah. foil isn't working well martha get tin foil not plutonium foil yeah yeah 
<laughs> so, I mean, we, you know, you have to do experiments in between there to show, right, your material is good, your, um, you know, you have to take into consideration even things like hydrophilic versus hydrophobic. And this goes across, you know, biomaterial platforms for anything, right? And I know we had this discussion in the last episode, right, about nanoparticles, right? The same thing can be applied to biomaterials just for, you know, developing some benchtop model to understand a molecular process that we couldn't understand, you know, normally in um, a, a, a human model. So what you would do then to, that, you know, I'm not going to say validate, um, but to check if your signal or what you're seeing is accurate in your benchtop model is then put that in a living model. So like a marine model, uh, marine um so that's a way to check so you would look at okay now i'm going to have a model where this signaling uh, or genetically modified one where you know this signaling is down right i'm going to put these cells um maybe they're expressing this protein in there and see you know if if i can see the same thing or if you take the cancer cells and put them into a um a, a we call them in vivo um in vivo model and you see that they're behaving the same way that they did on Mimic. They're choosing the aligned fibers, right? That would be one way to validate or to check <laughs> if, um, if it's accurate, right? But of course, there's going to be things because the way I see it, right, cells don't evolve in a plastic environment, right? They evolve they evolve in humans, right? Where they have proteins, they're surrounded by fluids, right? It's a very diverse environment that they're from, but we're isolating pieces of that environment to see what could play a role, right? But you're not going to be able to create a whole person, right, <laughs> on a bench top. So the goal is to try and, I mean, there's all kinds of cool things now uh, with microfluidics, like I'm learning how to 3D print, which is so fun. So you learn, you know, there's all these different tools that you can now apply to a system to try and get it closer to what we might see in the body. So if I want to see fluid dynamics now within the brain and how that might influence, you know, across white matter tracks that these cells would see, maybe that would change, right? Because the only thing I was looking at were white matter tracks, but there's a million other things, right, yeah. going on, right? There's electrical, you know, there's electricity, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> environment. Um, so I chose a hydrophobic polymer because your myelin sheets are, um, are also uh, hydrophobic. So we thought it was interesting that the cells were deciding to grow across something that uh, was more hydrophobic in nature. Um, and that they were choosing these myelin sheets, but it could have more to do with alignment rather than um, the hydrophobicity. So that's, you know, a, a, another interesting question. Um, but yeah, so I I think that there's gonna, you know, it's gonna take time <laughs> for it to get, um, to get up there. You know, things are progressing pretty quickly, but even, so a lot of people, when you get into tissue engineering, you know, will, say what are the ups and downs between electrospinning and 3d printing right because each thing each technique will create something different right um so you can also combine techniques if you wanted to as well um you can also 3d print with cells in a liquid right so you can print cells into a construct you know there's all kinds of experiments going on of printing you know a bone construct Mm -hmm. right um 
people are seeing that, you know, as the future. Um, but, you know, you have to put, like, for bone, you'd have to put calcium phosphate, right, is one thing to consider. So you've got to actually consider the materials that the cell is encountering. Um, you know, you have to consider the actual architecture as well as the materials. So, yeah, there can be there can be quite a bit, and it can, um, you know, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot more work, of course, that needs to be done, I think, in the field before we're like, oh, this is going to be the one thing Got that it. gives us answers, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, That's how I feel with everything. I mean, I think cool. it takes takes time. Yeah, take, yeah, right. Warm, warm Buffett, you can't have a baby in a month by getting nine women mm-hmm. pregnant tonight. It takes nine months. Some things just yeah. take time, regardless of the effort or the intensity. My older brother is a took like I don't know Spanish in high school or college and he, he, fi- he for several times now he's kind of actually like lived in like a like South American country or something and I've heard this from everyone with every language is like you can take every advanced language course in college you can go into the fine nuance of this and then the upper level and the upper upper level the best way to go is just go live in another country and just Everything about facial expressions to different, you know, just different vibes, different norms all lead to a better. Now, I'm an idiot and I failed German three straight semesters in college and I never did that. But I'm taking it from what I've heard other people with different language. They all say whether it's it's Spanish or German or Chinese or whatever. That's kind of what you're saying is like, so we've got this, it looks good, but you go in there and then there's electrical signals. And what about like the hormones and what about, and then what about just someone getting drunk? Is there ethanol in there? And it's like, but like a language, you don't have unlimited funding to send every student to South America. So it's like, Hey, like it's like 95% accurate that like, these are the verbs. These are the adjectives. Like, sure. Maybe there's some nuance like at a bar or something, but for the Mm -hmm. most part, and so you have to find something that's worthwhile pursuing and then kind of double and triple down on that. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really cool technique. That's why I like tissue engineering so much because you can isolate some of those, right? You know, if you have a hypothesis, um, and, you know, if you're wondering if it's going to be the white matter tracks or you're wondering, you know, is, or is it, the biomaterial, the material that's coming into contact with, but you can isolate those different variables. And that's what I liked. And then you can find out if you want to on a molecular level, how those cells are responding to those changes. So we, you know, you can run all kinds of tests. And what I like to say is right, you have to, if you run one test, you have to validate with another and it keeps going. Right. If you're, you know, making a really good sound um, study. So, you know, if you wanted to, see uh, if we're looking at molecular um what's happening molecularly right you could do imaging right is one and then you would validate with doing some more expression techniques like western blots all of that like you really really um you know want to make sure because what you might capture with one technique mm-hmm. might not relay to the other Right. Um, the other thing to think about is when you are taking cells out of that environment now to run an assay, they're already starting to change. Yeah, yeah. You said so, that, yeah. You you said you guys yeah. did that with just to like already you would see changes, right? Because you'd heat it up cross linking and then you'd submerge it in mm-hmm. fluid so it wouldn't. I think you said wrinkle. So it's like yeah. the second it the second you do something, it's changing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. so I, I, there's, there's so many, there's so many factors <laughs> and we, you know, we're never, um, you know, so if I were to create a, um, if I were to test the cell in that outside environment and I'm saying, Oh, well, this is the way it works and develop a therapeutic off of that test that wouldn't necessarily be accurate. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it, there's rush shit. yeah yeah so yes we yeah. know that yes but so <laughs> all right well kind of like kind of like unavoidable black hole then everything we're talking yeah. about even in your paper like towards the middle i realized just so much of it was just process right it's like 10 millimeter 10 millimolar you got to do this and we're using that and even when you're talking about that's what i noticed is like just the images you were like go to file you open up i was like oh you're truly going in and doing everything right which is what you do when you have mm-hmm. an airtight argument and i'll and i'll time stamp it in case you want to splice all of this out it's right at 8 30 it's right at 8 30 so we'll, we can cut the rest of this out and now as we go now as we go into ziffel bolton yeah, no, we're having a free discussion. We're having a free discussion as people who are science. not associated with any universities. We're associated with Tommy yeah. University. You clearly show, like, you're not the first person to do a PhD thesis. You're the first person mm-hmm. whose theses I've read. But I would imagine that they're all probably that in depth. You go in and you, oh, yeah. you show everything. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you have to show airtight, this is what I did, as uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Markova said last week. You don't just say, well, I used a 10% salute because someone's going to say, why not 1%? And you have to go, well, yeah. this is why I did this. And you kind of have to block them off the past to show that, hey, it's airtight. You can question me on anything. You can break it all apart. Don't worry. I don't care. You know, TSA, uh-huh. TSA, put my bag through the x-ray scanner. I don't give a shit. There's no bombs in there. Like, go for it. So, uh-huh. from, so that being said. So you're not the first person to do a thesis. This is clearly what has become the norm and what's been expected. Why? Because it has to be able to put up with every critique and evaluation. Now, how insane is that when you forget Martha Fowler, when you have individuals raising the same questions? It would be one thing if it was just you and, and, you know, all the doctors were like, dude, here's this just young chick. It's It's like when you're 16 and you're all angsty, you're like, there should be world peace. And your parents are like... Dude, you don't know what it's like. Get a job, and you get older. Mm-hmm. You get older, and you're like, oh, sometimes war happens because yeah. okay, I get it. There's resource scarcity. We can't all hold hands. Like, oh, when you're 18, you're like, dude, we're just killing each other. It's not even like that though, because you do have the McCullers, the Malones, the Barclays, mm-hmm. the Farids, the Nas, the Ursos, the Merricks, all coming out and saying, and not just, not just doc. I mean, research doctors. Correct, mm-hmm. Dr. Malone with yep. DARPA and, and, and the uh, Defense Threat Reduction Agency, Dr. Bargava with UCSF, Dr. Malone, mm-hmm. the most published cardiorenal physician in world mm-hmm. history, and they're saying that at the very least, at the very least, you have to question. And if you notice, none of them are definitively saying that like these shots are bad. What they're saying is, is we don't know. That's all they're saying. They're saying we don't know. They might be wrong. People might look back at the episodes I do with them and be like, these guys have no idea how wrong they were. But all they're saying is these things need to be questioned. So where does that sit with your mind, which led to you reaching out to Dr. Bargava and coming on here? Where does that sit with your mind when you, everything you just showed in the 78 paper thesis, or the 78 paper (laughs) thesis about how you got to argue everything, and everyone's like, yeah, airtight, back it up, sources, 
footnotes, everything, you know, nice skills and schematics and showing the diagrams and the artificial coloring. And the, here's how I built my little at home thing. You've got the plexiglass and the little motor. Kind of, <laughs> if the ATF came to your house, you might go to jail. They think you're building a bomb. You go in and show everything. <laughs> but no, but really, but right, you have to go in and show everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's and, important, right? I mean, you, to even say that I was... No, sorry, I you, you... I think we have a delay. To say that when you start questioning anything else and all of a sudden everyone around you, around you tightens up or the fangs come out and they say, shut up. And you're going, guys, I'm not even making my own thesis. I'm just saying, what if X? What if Y? Even you're saying with this, you're like... We're still, you know, even you, you were hesitant to say the word validate. You're like, we got to check. So when you question something else, like what's going on right now with COVID, with shots, and again, I can slice all this out because I don't want you to lose your job. How does that, that has to, that has to rub you the wrong way, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, like I said in the last episode, um, as well as, you know, saying it now, um, when I did this thesis, you know, and it's not perfect, you saw the picture of we're being transparent about <laughs> the machine we're using, you know, you see that, like you said, the plexiglass, yeah. you know, well, cause you want, the thing is you want people to be able to replicate, mm-hmm. right? When you, you know, you can read the other articles, um, that I published too, right? You want to be transparent about your methods, um, you know, and, and that d- does depend sometimes on the journal you're publishing in, but you still have to show, right, so, you know, some transparency that you know what, what you're doing and, you know, you're displaying what you did. And some might, someone might look gonna, at that and think, oh, well, why didn't I can pull up your, I can literally, yeah, transparency. I can literally yeah. pull up your study. <laughs> beta yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you want to encourage um, growth, right, in the field. So, you know, what I'm saying for the tissue engineering stuff, if somebody reads my thesis and, you know, looks at it, like, oh, this, they could have done it this way. Why did she spend so much time, you know, or they look at our model that we built in the lab and they think, oh, well, they could have just easily done this instead. Um, and, you know, these people will probably get a better result. Or they look at my, the different models that I developed by, you know, going to Home Depot and building all kinds of things. <laughs> um, but I would, you know, I want to be transparent about that as well. You know, it was just, it's something that, you know, we, we make in the lab and you want other people to be able to replicate it because that is also going to help show that what, you know, what you did is contributing to the field, right? That you're allowing the field to move forward. So, you know, to, <laughs> to me, what's, um, what's going on was so strange because going through a thesis process, even going through articles and understanding data and how to present data and how you have to keep your data. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's some, you know, something that is sacred and you, you know, display it to the best that you can, you know, you, you never, um, you know, you don't want to be hiding something and, um, say that, oh, well, I, you know, I get if, for example, in that thesis, oh, well, I solved the problem. I think if we just, you know, target um, the axons and we'll be good. It's like, no, no, that's not, you know, that's not the case. Um, you can't just pick something and, uh, you know, decide that's 
that's the way it's going to be, <laughs> um, especially with biomaterials or something that we don't understand yet. Um, so even in nanomedicine, uh, it's something that is or has not been through the trial phases, as we know, for a vaccine, right? This is a new development and that's why it is so rare and and that's why it deserves questioning, especially, I mean, everything deserves question, of course, in science, but when you're developing something that's brand new, um, you know, even in the labs I've been a part of, right, it takes, time and lots of trials and lots of air, right? It's never usually right the first time. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not really possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, I was having a conversation with someone and they brought the point of, well, if you understand data and you go through data just with practice and you look at the, at the studies, you know, everybody's, oh, Look at the, you know, trust the science, all of this. Well, if you bring the scientific process, right? There's no trust. <laughs> there's, it's, it's, it just made it very difficult, right? So, you know, we know that the polio vaccine took a long time to get where it is. It wasn't good on the first try, the first trials. Nothing is ever good on the first trial. Um, so, we know now that we have better technology, but that doesn't mean we can do this, right? We can't snap our fingers. I can't just create, you know, now we have 3D printers. I can't just create an organ, right? I can't just make something that I want to. It takes a process. You have to test each individual component of what you're making and understand the influence of that on the host or on whatever system you are um, uh, experimenting with or investigating, right? So we know that in, in, in my paper, I was using these different biomaterials. And in my other papers, you'll see the same theme where we talk about um, the biomaterials as a factor. And so you have to be transparent about each one of those because each one of those could then have a different reaction in the host. So what the result you see might not be necessarily due to your therapeutic it could be due to a piece of something. Yeah, it could be the biomaterial. It could be a combination, as we said before, um, of everything. Um, I mean, now, right, the other thing is that they're using a variant from, right, the, the Wuhan variant, right, to make these uh, uh, vaccines, right? Yeah. And then after the vaccine development, there was um, Delta, now there's Omicron. But we're still going to give people, the... reinfect people with the first one. So that's why they're getting all the others, right? Does that make sense? Because, you're, you know, that's a new variant, right? It's, it's similar to the flu, whereas we can say, right, if you get the flu shot, there's a chance you still might get the flu, right? Because of all, you know, because of different variants, it's going through different people, right? So we have the Delta and we have Omicron. So you're getting three different injections of this one, right? And you're getting these bad responses, right? Which, you know, it, it, what I kind of think is that you're putting this, right, high dose because you think that this particle is going to release slowly over time. So you think that 
the person's body is going to acclimate right to this process where if you were to just inject that without the uh, nanoparticle you probably get really sick and the reaction would be immediate uh wouldn't be good for the host so that's why the second time right that they inject these particles and that's why i brought up the um antibodies that they've shown right the uh, anti-pig antibodies that mm-hmm. can attack these particles and degrade them right and now you have a, a we call it a burst release uh, sometimes when that happens so you have a burst release of the uh <clears throat> of the mrna right and the other issue is that we are still trying to understand how these biomaterials distribute and clear in the body, right? So we don't have all the answers. It's, it's science. That's why they call it research, not just search, right? <laughs> <laughs> you go back in. Again and again and again. And again and again. Yeah, and, and again, you isolate the variables, right? So, I mean, we know that there were only, what, three primates in their trial. Um, and... Yeah, there's, you know, you have biological replicates, you have technical replicates. I mean, there's just, there's so much here. You know, when you look at a thesis, you know, I appreciate that you did. You know, you can see that you have to say what your sample size was. You know, I did this replicate this many times. Yeah, you have to. And that's, even even in research, research articles should all say that, you know. It's something that in the scientific community we can't let go of. And that's why I got so frustrated with this because, to me, it was almost like a cop-out, right? We work this hard and we generate data constantly. We're working in the lab constantly to, you know, tell people now, or on the Candace Owens show, she says, oh, imagine now all these high schoolers. Well, you don't need to develop a hypothesis for your project. Just, you can just do it. Just, you know? This is what it is. It's <laughs> it's what it is. Because I said so, right? Because yes. I said so. Um, so if I say so, and it is what it is. And that, that to me was... Um, you know, and people were asking me, like, why are, you know, why are you getting involved in this? Like I said, well, because it's, I feel like science is going down a dangerous path. Yes. Um, as someone in training, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, my stuff is the best. It's, you know, it's the one thing that works. Oh, no, somebody could have developed a much better model to look at tumor movement and migration of the brain. You know, mine's, mine is not the best. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, there's always room for improvement. And, you know, somebody could have done it better. That's... And that's fine. That's, that's, you know, we're all learning and that's what I need to be transparent about because somebody could be doing something better, you know, not even for brain tumors, maybe for something else. And then we realize that, oh, now you can apply this to uh, tumors or maybe this model will work better for this case. So, yeah, it's, I, I can't believe where we've ended up. Um, it's, and the fact that it takes, that it has to take, courage for someone to talk about it that's like somebody you know <laughs> i sound bad but it's like somebody be happy for you know for me for talking out about my the work i did in a paper you know and being transparent about it or questioning brave. a different article she's so brave else did. she wrote her thesis and it's like right. no that's it's not that's not only is it not brave not only is it not normal it's expected as a matter of fact it's right the, it's, it's expected. the requirement that, that's so that, that's a better term. Um, not not brave. Sorry. No. Yeah, brave would have. But you're going against the. No, 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 the, no. I, no, you no. Know, whatever would be normal. No, I think I mean, it does. Like, I think it's the right like word. The expectations, like you said, expectations. You're changing the expectations, right? 
So if, if you would just, you know, let a, a PhD student go without them defending their work, right? So we have a defense that we have to give, a public defense and a literally, private defense. You literally defend your thesis. <laughs> we literally have to defend our Like get the sword <laughs> out. You have to defend the thesis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you have to defend yourself, yeah, you know, with science. Yeah. <laughs> and and you could be wrong. I mean, that, you know, that happens. There could, you know, there's always negative data. It's never going to be 100% good. You know, you still present everything that you did. Um, but we have to, you know, bring ourselves back to that with these kind of situations, right? Because the moment we start, because we think about all these people that are getting trained right now, like myself, that are now learning that you can essentially be a part of a pharma company and develop designs and won't be challenged. It's raising the it's raising the kids. You're changing one science thing and doing another. Yeah, you're you're messing with you know the backbone of science right you're it's like i said it's research you you know got to go back and look at it It, we know that they're you know we we know things from this trial why can't we accept that and move forward right i mean you know from these trials and what's been going on with these vaccines um you know it, it would be like a like a phd student that presents their work or, you know, anybody that presents their work and, you know, there's something off about it and they get questions and they just, you know, shoo it off. Oh, no, no, it's... Trust mm-mm. the science. Shut up, doctor. Yeah. Trust the science. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, well, exactly. Well, to me, <clears throat> I think kind of like the pertinent core to all of that is what you said, is it's science, Right. It's mm-hmm. the same thing when people ask me, why, tell me, why do you do, I don't have an interest in COVID. Yeah, I was a biology major. Okay. Yeah, I got, an, that's not, but this isn't my thing. I, as I said to you beforehand, I'm like, I'd much rather we just start talking about JFK and like an aliens. Like that's much more fun. But to me, it's something much deeper. And what it is, is the ability to speak. Am I going to talk mm-hmm. about your thesis today? The guy I had on before you, we talked about the Indian concept of the yugas, the cycles of human spirituality. And the woman before that, we talked about the armaments border building up on the borders of Ukraine. What it is, is speech and the ability Mm. to speak. I Mm. love, I hate, I am for Trump. I am for Biden. I hate Trump. I, it's the ability to exercise all of it. Do I want to do nothing? Do I just want to sit here and tell a story? What it is, is speech. So whether it's COVID or whether it's anything else, the defense budget, civilians killed in a drone strike, the accessibility of clean water in Congo, what it is, is speech. That's just Mm -hmm. what it is. So that is why I am up in arms about it. So when someone says, Martha, why are you getting in here? This isn't, you know, stay in your lane. No, you're literally defending your thesis over 78 pages yet you defend the si- is it about is it about brain cancer is it about the aerodynamics of a new reentry capsule is it about a new type of earthquake resistant cement it's defending the science 
So although it's in something across all science relatively close to you, right, biomedical, mm-hmm. it's still what it is, is it's is it's the process of science. So someone might say, oh, well, it's just, well, no, yeah, sure, it's close, but it's within really close to what you do. And it's the process of science. And sure, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of like a, hey, I had to do this, but you have to do this too. And that's kind of like the ego talking, but then there's like, but this is also what has like yielded this. That's what has yielded this society yes. is the ability to have microphones and IMAX and clean water and, and, and gigabit Ethernet is because of that, that, that over the centuries, just the defending of the thesis, just you got the sword out and you're like, I, I think this is what's right. And that is what moves us forward. That's why we have the antiseptic technique. The butchering art by Lindsay Fitzharris talks all about this. Joseph Lister saying, hey, guys, I think we should clean off the uh, scalpels before we take it from one wound and put it in another. Mm-hmm. So to me, it only makes sense that you'd be up in arms about this because you know what it yields. You're clearly passionate about this. And as you said, that humility. Yeah, maybe someone else has found out a better way to discuss like tumor migration. Good. Let's get to the answer. Mm-hmm. Sure, it'd be great mm-hmm. for it to say Martha Fowler on it. Yeah, of course. But it's also like, let's just get to the answer. We're all going to benefit. So when it comes out that it's settled, you guys can't talk. It's settled anymore. If you had said anywhere in your paper that the science is settled and this is the answer, I, I probably just would have not done this podcast. I would have been like, hey, dude, uh, I think you got some personal growth to do. No offense. But you didn't. The entire thing is, and these are the limitations. And these are the, here's what I built. This is how I built it. It would be better if we did this. It, you ha- And to me, that's what, that's what clarifies why you see people like Dr. McCall, Dr. Malone, Dr. Margova standing up and going, hey, what the hell is going on? So yeah. I'm sure the last 20 minutes has probably now cost you your job. So we can cut that off if you'd like. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's, but you know, it's, it's all free speech. I've had this conversation and I am more than willing to have this conversation with anyone I work with, with anyone who's around me. I'm serious. It's, I know. I know. It's, I'm, it's, no, I'm, I, I know. Yeah. 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 Because it, and it should happen. Yeah. You know, it's not, oh, you know, you now talked on a podcast. Well, I didn't say, I'm just talking. We're talking about science. Um, you know, and I, the, it, it's been interesting. The people that I have, you know, I've had a couple people, you know, say, this was before the podcast early, early on uh, when I was investigating it and wondering what was going on. You know, I'd mention it to some colleagues and, you know, they did, oh, what, you're an anti-vaxxer? Oh, you an anti-vaxxer, Martha. Yeah. I always knew. That's, that's the immediate response. And, you know, I said, no, of course, there's, you know, the polio vaccine. No, of course I do, I'm not anti-vax. Um, we know that one has taken a long time. And I, someone told me this one thing, uh, well, if you got the polio vaccine and then you got polio, would you still be game for that vaccine right <laughs> so um yeah it, it, you know i'd have these conversations with them of, well you know we know the story of polio and how that took a while and you know we know how to get there and the way to get there is not this is what it is right we knew that there i mean even back in the day they noticed what was wrong and then you try and change it you make adjustments um, and then of course mistakes happen in science, I'm very unfortunate, right? Um, uh, like in the in the polio vaccine, right? For instance, in the beginning, um, 
And and so, but when I was able to sit down with these with these colleagues um, and explain why this is this is why I wasn't yeah so for it or why I was at least just questioning it and you know I wasn't I I never influenced anybody or told anyone not to right because that's that's your decision at the end of the day and it should be our decision as well right you know each way if you want to if you Mm -hmm. don't who cares you go get it if you want to you know take ibuprofen you want to, yeah, <laughs> you want to pray your, to the sun god. You know, it doesn't matter. Do just let, yeah, go do your thing. Go do a rain people. dance. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, just don't make, you. don't make me do the rain dance. But don't – yeah. And I think the thing, too, was like was the quick judgment. You know, when you sit down and you talk it out, you can – you know, someone's willing to listen, of course, mm-hmm. too. Um, but the people that I was able to discuss and have, a, have an open discussion, you know, they did – you know, then understand where I was coming from and why is more concerns when, you know, I, I've talked to them of, you know, this is what we do. This is like, come on, you know, this we, literally, we question. This is literally, <laughs> this is literally what, it's one thing if I sit here and go, guys, this is how we get at the truth. You're literally getting a PhD. Like you guys are in the business of ruthless examination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I still have a lot to learn too. I'm, yeah. you know, right. I, I'm in training, but, but that, but that was a hard thing was being in training and having people, but to me, you know, that's, I think there's like the most beautiful it, symbolism though. It's like you're everyone else is, we're just doing the thing. We're just taking the class of PhD. You, mm-hmm. you did it. Like you, you ever seen Charlie uh, Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Do, yeah. You remember that? Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember when who's the guy Slugworth and he tries to tempt them all with like, mm-hmm. you know, and at the end Charlie's the only one that didn't it, and he's like, "You were the one." Yeah. It's you are practicing what you preach, even when you don't know it's a test. So you can go through and what is he? Don't touch anything, whatever. Don't talk to the Oompa Loompas or whatever. But he has actually shown that he put his money where his mouth was. He didn't know it was a test. He was just like, hey, dude, uh, I can't give you Mr. Wonka's gobstopper. This is just – I'm sorry. To me, there's there's like such a poetic beauty in that to where everyone is we're – all, we're all questioning the science and getting our PhDs. And then you were like, yeah, what about that science? And everyone is attacking you. And you're like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Let's qu- to me, it's like you, you're you're holding on to the gobstopper. That's I think that's what's so great about it is like you, in a sense, like you kind of earned it with like, forget the actual PhD. Like you just showed, like I don't care what everyone's saying. I don't care what it's on every news media. I don't care if there's a little blue label under every video that says the word COVID. What am I seeing with my eyes and my ears and my own functioning brain? And I don't care about mm-hmm. the group think and the peer pressure. Guys, this isn't right. And to me, that's like, that's bad. Now, granted, you're probably going to lose your job now because you've been on this podcast twice. But that being said, you have no. my applause. Yeah. <laughs> that should not be the case. Um, yeah. But, well, but, and, and the, the thing is, too, I mean, I was, I don't know how much I should get into this, but, you know, I did have people that I was looking up to um, tell me that this was because I thought this way essentially my future was doomed, right? So when, so you're hearing these from people 
Wow. That, you know, that, that you had looked up <sighs> to, right? So it's, that's, you know, it's, yeah. So when somebody, you know, who's in, and that's the whole thing, right? You have people in these positions, you know, we're seeing that now, you have these people in positions of authority. And, you know, when you're hearing these, you know, these things of, you know, just, well, you know, we, we should be able to, to talk about it. And, you know, there, there was, there were points where I, you know, I would listen to the other side and I would understand. Right. So there was this back and forth. There wasn't, you know, I was, um, you know, trying to attack anyone or anything like that. It's good to hear the other side as well. And it's good to look at those articles, look at what Moderna did, right. And critically assess what was done. And so, you know, if we were going over these articles, as I remember with spike protein talking about that, and, you know, asking questions about the antibody titers and just trying to understand it, wrap my head around it. And, you know, that, that was all fine. But then when it, when it came down to the, to the moment of, you know, Hey, this is getting more serious. <laughs> you know, that's, that's when, you know, people started to, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's interesting. You even have, you know, the, the colleagues and um, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like, you know, I, I, I can handle it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't, no. yeah, it wasn't because, um, because this is what we should do. Right. So in science or, you know, you're going to have Take people, like I said, during, during lab meetings who are, you know, who will be like, Oh, why did you do that assay? That's so dumb. Like, why did, you know, why would you do that? You should have just done this, you know, yeah. don't you so dumb. I just, I threw that in there, but you're so dumb and I hate you and dumb. you're laughing. Yeah. You're like, dude, what? But yeah, no, yeah. you have to be able to take all those things and stride. No, I, I get you. I told you. In science, right? Yeah, you. you I mean, because that's people are always going to be critiquing your work, and you pour your heart and soul into the work, right? And of course, you're you're going to be a little associated hours. with it. Yeah, you you know, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, you have to be able to take take the heat, right? Take the heat out of the kitchen. You yeah. know? <laughs> so, and that goes. Yeah, and that goes for everybody. And you know, it was because um, before in my previous lab or a, a lab a while back, um, I did have the opportunity of seeing some of the industry side too. So it's not like industry is bad, you know. Of it's not. not. You know, there's there are these companies that are doing great things. You know, I've been able to see that. There's you know, these groups that you know I, I you know would want to be a part of that. I was you know, and then to somebody to you know to say you're not gonna be there now because you're questioning a trial it, it yeah i mean yeah it, the most i, I don't believe it yeah no no i don't no 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 you you will be proven right in the long run and it will pay off divot yeah no i'm the most like wildly pro-capitalism like i'm like go print money go 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 ruin the competition like crush the world like take what's yours like i'm all about that i think that's what moves human humanity forward so it's it'd be one thing if I had like the communist flag behind me and I was like these big pharma companies. No, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. It's, yeah, yeah. But because because there's but I mean it's still right. Everybody needs to be held accountable and kept in in check, right? I mean you would want these when you think about you know company. You know I I've, you know met some of these people, some of these companies, and you know they're great 
I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about these sure. big ones that, you know, with the vaccine. I'm just talking about um, some startups and things like that. And it's been great to be a part of. And you see the big difference that they're making. You know, they're creating these awesome devices and, and everything. Um, and they are challenged. Of You know, people are questioning them. They have to, you know, go through a lot of regulatory processes. So it was so now doing something like this right that's kind of with the vaccine you're you know i don't think you realize that they realize the ripple effect right yeah on how this is going to change so much because you're you could right if all things don't go well you're also now causing distrust people's distrust now in companies and in and in and in science and in research right well how come i'm you know, it's 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 the analogy they use. Sorry to cut you off. It's the analogy like, and I think Duncan Trussell, the comedian, used. He's like, you grow up, and your parents and your teachers are like, don't smoke pot, you're gonna overdose. And then you finally do smoke pot, and you're like, that wasn't that bad. Well, now the same people that are saying don't shoot heroin, you're like, I bet they were lying about everything. No, they actually weren't lying about the heroin. Like, so it's the same thing. Well, why should I trust the FDA or the CDC on this? Why should I trust anyone? But then furthermore, it's the distrust in everything of everything mm-hmm. out there well how do i know aspirin's perfectly safe you know tommy aspirin actually is perfectly safe why should i trust my doctor they say i've got it they're calling it a clot and i need to go get a scan and it's like no the doctors are telling the truth there is that ripple effect in everything and then not only that it's also the sort of well he got to do that how come i don't get to do that well yeah. we're creating this now entitlement where it's like yeah. Okay, brand new technology, mRNA. What else is brand new? Self-driving cars. Yeah. Well, hey, trust the science, guys. We're getting... But you're, that's mm-hmm. exactly the point, is it ripples... Sorry, I know I interrupted you. That was rude of me. No. But it's the, no, it's it's the ripple good. effect. Is go- It's all going to come around. It's going to mm-hmm. come around to everybody, whether it's losing trust or whether it's other companies being like, hey, guys, regulations don't matter. Let's roll. Like, and We're opening Pandora's box. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Just kind of rambling there, but no, no, that was really that's because it's you know it's true and it's something to be concerned about, and I think that's why it's it's awesome that others, you know, as we've been saying, are speaking out. You know, you have these people who were involved in the mRNA technology. You have, um, you know, Mikola, who um, you know, I remember he was the one of the first people I saw at the the Senate hearing yeah. and. Yeah, in Texas, who you know, why not? Why not do treat? You know, why not treat? And you know, and everybody just automatically. So when you experience that, right? Everybody, I think that's why people are afraid too, because it's the reaction is so inflammatory. You know, it's vicious, reflexive. People just, yeah, and there's really not a need for it because it's okay to critically as- assess, right? Anything. Um, uh, you know, even, even when you watch a documentary or anything like that, you should, you know, critically think and analyze what has happened and process. And, and it's okay if you're on one side or the other, I think as we're going, you know, we're talking about this, it's, you still just should have the conversation. You should be, it should be okay for you to talk about it. It shouldn't be, um, you know, such a, uh, scarlet letter, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. for, it's just bringing it up. It is. There's this sort of, like, yeah, punishment by example. When one person stands mm-hmm. up, you say, shut mm-hmm. up. Because there are a lot of people with very real 
hey, I got to provide for my wife and kids. And you know what? I don't like what's going on with COVID, but I'm going to shut my mouth because I'm a whatever, a, a yeah. orthopedic surgeon, whatever. I mean, I get that. That's a very real thing. But the beautiful part is that it's the St. Augustine quote. Truth is like a lion. You only need to let it, you, you need not defend it. Only let it out of its cage. You only need one McCullough. Mm-hmm. But we've got a McCullough, a Malone, a Bargava, a Fowler. We've got a ton of people talking now. We've got a Rogan, a Farid, a Nass. That it will come out and then the attacks matter less and less. If one person goes, guys, I think gravity is 9.8. Oh, shut up, Tommy. All it takes is enough people to go, well, you know, they're trying to, they're like, what is that? How come it did go down? And it's misinformation. You don't need to defend it. Like it, like you said about the cells breaking open and like the, the necrotic centers coming out. It is an acid. It's going to burn. Uh-huh. Through. That's just, that's the beauty of truth and science. And it's not even like a political scandal or a secret that can, you know, uh-huh. burn all the files. It's gone. It, yeah. It's just, it's just science. It's the, it's the, yeah. it's the, it's the physical reality we exist within. It's just what it is. It's just mm-hmm. what it is. And no, I think you have to speak up. And I think it's shameful that other people don't. I mean, I get it. I do. It'd be stupid for me to, it'd be detached for me to say, how come you're not speaking as a 30, as a 31 year old with no kids and no loans? Like it's very easy for me to, I, I make my own schedule. It's very easy for me to say what we should all do. I right. get it. There are people with jobs. Yeah. But oh, it's it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real. I get scary. it. It's real. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if we don't do it now, when? Yeah, yeah. That's why you know I appreciate that you know you've had these you know these different scientists on because you know even just listening to them of you know this is why I am taking a stand because this yeah. is what I've been trained to do. This is my training. This this is not abnormal to be discussing this and you know critiquing it um and and as i always say to people uh you know well there are journals out there um you know you can look at um there's it's not misinformation it's been done by other scientists you know evaluating vitamin d deficiency that is out there the antibody pig um uh, the, uh, the anti-pig antibodies that I brought up, this is also being evaluated by scientists all over. So, you know, the same thing, there's now articles looking at the antibodies um, responses actually to the different variants and how those are different, how the um, reaction, the neutralizing antibodies for um, a, a friend sent me this article and it was quite good, um, how the antibodies that your body will create for that first vaccine that you get are not going to react the same to other variants. And that's why you'll still get these variants. I mean, it's not, this is what we're saying here is not information or misinformation because it is out there. The the research is being done. And and, and that's the thing too, right? There's going to be more research and more. And that's perfectly okay. People should also now be allowed to study the effects of mRNA and how this could be causing bad things or good things, right? I mean, you, you know, there needs to be more more research on it. And the more we see, you know, the more we're going to know and feel more 
confident about whichever way you lean on and that's that's fine you know um and it's interesting that we'll listen to maybe i'm just rambling now but no, no, we'll listen going, to one right we'll listen to one scientist Dr. Fauci. And not the other, right? So just just for an example, like when you're writing a thesis, you look at, or just a paper in general, you always have to, you know, I, I actually, you know, at the end of um, articles, you make that disclaimer of these are, uh, this is what could be wrong with it, right? These are the um, uh, limitations, right? of the study, right? So you have to say that and you have to understand that it's not the best. And when you do your research, right? If I'm looking at one opinion versus the other, right? I take into consideration both of those when I'm developing a a, a study, right? So if one thing is telling me that applying, I don't know if this is too good example, but yeah. apply this material versus this material, right? You look at the pros and cons, right? If you always just choose, you know, quickly choose one, you know, you're hearing one thing, okay, well, uh, I'm just going to stick with that. There's always something else, right? You have to do your research. You should see uh, both sides. Um, and, and that's, you know, I'm open to hearing the other side. And I always say, if you want to have a polite conversation about it you know i'm okay with, with you know if you just want to talk about it but um, i know that some people get really uh, uh you know emotional about it and i understand uh you know one person had said the uh the card of oh well people are losing people to this how can you not be more sensitive and to me yes that that is unfortunate we lose people, you know, I've lost someone to cancer, for an example, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to critique cancer therapeutics. Yeah. Right. I'm, I want better for those people. Right. So I'm going to try and push for better. Um, You know, I want these people to recover rather than relying on something. Right. So say there was, you know, especially cancer treatments, you know, there's, for certain cancers that are very aggressive, you know, lifespan of after diagnosis, three to five years for some of these more you know, serious and aggressive cancers, and there's not hope for these people, that's, you know, we need to develop and need to work on those. And that's why I mean that this is, science is important. We need to continue working on it. Um, where then, the, you know, the opposite side of, oh, well, um, my, you know, I, I've lost this person to this and, I, you know, I understand that's unfortunate, you know, let's want better for these people, not something that's a, a vaccine from the very beginning, right? Where now they can, these people are continuously getting sick because you're injecting them with that one and they're having a reaction over and over while also having reactions to other variants, right? Getting other variants. So constantly being sick. You know, we should we should want better. We should strive for that, and that should be okay. I talk about all, and I think I told you, and I've talked about it before in this podcast. My main goal of this is to make a ton of money so I can put it towards mental health research, because as Maps has shown, mm-hmm. with the with the application of LSD or psilocybin or mescaline or ibogaine, 
you can wildly improve overcoming PTSD or just, I guess, almost organic depression, if you will. I lost a brother to suicide. I have his initials on my shoulder. I wear his necklace every podcast. Me critiquing it is not saying, Tommy, don't you know there are people out there? Lo-? I get it. I do get it. That's the very reason mm-hmm. why I'm pushing. And so maybe you mm-hmm. haven't lost someone to suicide. Maybe you haven't lost someone to cancer. So then what? Do you still have a right to, to, to defend that viewpoint? Well, above that is the, the literal, and now it's like the flag billowing, but it's the literal application of freedom of speech. If I see someone make a joke about suicide, I don't necessarily like it. I just don't look at it. So if someone mm-hmm. says people are being lost to this, and I, and I said this, and I think this is really the best way I, I could summarize it. To everyone saying that Joe Rogan, or technically six months prior, Tommy, if anyone's saying that Joe Rogan's spreading misinformation for interviewing Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough, my question to them is this. Were you tricked by them? And I don't mean like a kid. I mean, were you tricked by them? Did they dupe you? Did you take some horse pace and you ended up in the ER? Did you not take the vaccine and now you're dying from COVID? Everyone, to a T, will tell you no. If you ask why, it's because they say, I'm not an idiot. But you know what? The misinformation is hurting. So what they're passively admitting is, I'm good. I know Santa's not real. I know there are no monsters under the bed. But you're spreading misinformation for all the other idiots out there. So what are you implying? The government needs to step in or someone needs to step in and stop that. Because the masses are too dumb to think for themselves. So what you are now passively implying is they don't know what's best. They can't look at it and decide for themselves that it's not real. You don't need a censor Scientology. If someone comes and pitches Scientology to me, I'm going to be like, hey, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? <laughs> right? But you don't right. need to censor it because I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I can go on YouTube and I can watch. You can make your own decisions. I can yeah. watch a documentary about how Queen Elizabeth and aliens did 9 11. Fun, sure, but I'm not. I'm not losing my mind over it. So if you say I'm not dumb, I didn't get tricked by McCullough or Malone or Fowler, but everyone else is. Everyone else is. What you're saying is they're too stupid to think for themselves. I need to decide what information they have access to. And that is far more lethal than any information could ever mm-hmm. hope to be. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where, I, so don't you know people have been lost to this? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It, yeah. It's what it is. It's what yeah. it, people are also lost to putting leeches on their body. It, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. It doesn't mean I don't have a heart, but you can't, you can't, Science, science is brutal in that manner. You can't hide behind an emotion and go, don't you know Bob lost his grandma to COVID? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you can't mm-hmm. stand behind that. That's not, feelings don't matter when you're bringing up how do we develop a, something that can survive reentry from orbit. It's, now I'm rambling, but yeah, it, it's, that's what it comes to though, is what you're saying and what I'm saying is, we're not even making hypotheses. We're saying we could very well be. We might look back at this in ten years and go, "Oh my god, I can't believe I was against them." You remember when everyone yeah. took the COVID vaccine and then life expectancy went up to two hundred and fifty? Oh god, I'm open to that. I'm open right. to that. What I'm saying We're is, we have to discuss adult. it. Yeah. 
yeah. as, as you That's, can tell, um, I, I, I get, I start getting red in the face, start screaming. And, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's very true. And I think, you know, again, having these discussions, just you know, expanding our, our knowledge <laughs> and, and challenging ourselves, you know, that's, um, for, you know, for me, with this work is also a constant challenge, which I, which I like, like I said, I'm still, I'm still learning, right. Every, you know, everyone is. everyone is still, you know, still learning. And, um, it was an interesting point, uh, that I was actually discussing the other day was how now I believe it's in California. They're making the age now 12 years old to, uh, consent, um, consent to, yeah, a vaccine or medical decision decisions right so but the issue with this right is okay so you're giving children this freedom of choice but you're not giving adults this choice Uh, that's a good point that's a really good point actually right it's i'm gonna and to me that is so it's so it's so backwards um because you know we're we've gone through where you know we should have gone through you know the you learn how to write, how to read, how to write papers, how to form arguments, how to research things right with age. And all of this takes time, your development, everything takes time. And so you know, when we get to this age and we're being told, you know, you have to do this, um, you know, whether you like it or not. But these kids, you know, they can, they, they can, they can do, do whatever they want. They can do it. Tommy, yeah, you, Tommy, you're not listen to Fauci. Tommy, you gotta get the vac. You gotta get the vaccine. I'm sorry. I know you're 31. You're an adult. You can't do this. Billy over here, though, that kid's got a head on. Yeah. His, that kid's got a head on his shoulders. Think you're a girl? Screw it. We'll chop it off. You want the vac? Come and get it. Come on in. Come on in. It's harmful misinformation. But yeah, it's. I mean, but again, the beauty is, is it's not a political scandal or a crime, a financial crime, something that is made, it's made up in the human world and that you can burn all the files and it doesn't exist anymore. This is just science. It will, mm-hmm. it will get out. The acid will eat through the mm. wall of censorship. Yeah. All we can do is facilitate it. It's science doesn't, it doesn't give a shit. It doesn't care. It is the lion. You just got to kind of, open the latch and just be like, and here we go. You know, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Closing thoughts, Miss Martha Fowler. Yeah. Um, we just burned through two oh hours. Boy, I know. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Do I, kinda, I figured we would probably just be able to ramble on. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's all, we, we can keep, I, 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 it's all good information. And, no, I, yeah, I feel like it's... Um, we can always cut yeah, out the last 50 minutes if you'd like to keep your job. <laughs> I don't know if you should. I don't know if people are going to be sick and tired of... Tommy and Martha won't shut up. Dude, trust me. Those who uh, those who are going to watch are going to watch, and those who aren't are not. Yeah, this is it's true. Just, it's just what it is. We can. I mean, mm-hmm. listen. If, if if you're terrified, if you want to wait till you get your PhD and then release that the that hour, <laughs> it can be like the bonus session. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's generally I, I up mean, to you. I'm not. Even, I'm not even kidding. Like that's it has zero mm-hmm. effect on my life. Well, it actually does I, affect yours. 
I appreciate that. I do. That's, that's good. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, you know, I, to, to me, if I would lose any, you know, we've said before how you lose friendships, you lose people for having this discussion and that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. You know, we should be able to openly talk about this as we talk about our likes and dislikes with other um, situations and our, our own medical choice and decision. And I mean, with all the, with all the data coming out as well, you know, people are, are seeing, you know, are, are seeing this data and the, you know, the other, the population I, I do, you know, worry about, you know, we, we said for children and also young, healthy individuals, right? Um, what is this repeated, uh, you know, vaccine as well as, you know, getting sick with everything else, right? Everybody's going to have Omicron. Um, you know, what, what is that doing to the body? Well, that is going to take, right, 10 or more years, long-term studies to see, um, you know, if, if just thinking of, you know, thinking scientifically, yeah. we're going to have to wait to see those effects yeah. to say that we know the long-term effects. That's, that's completely false, right? We don't, there's no way, you know, as you said, the example of the pregnancy, right? Yeah. There's no way to know. And, you know, for people uh, that, you know, I've seen um, Dr. Bhargava, which I thought was very inspiring talking to the people that had the adverse uh, reactions uh, or adversity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, cause those, those people were previously healthy, right? So that's why it should be, this should be someone's choice. Someone should not be pressured into it because, you know, you think about people who are even, let's say policemen, firefighters, EMTs, right. Where this thing could affect their heart. Right, these people that do need to, you know, be active or are put in serious Navy, situations or Navy dangerous. Seals. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, Mil- <laughs> military. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and so these are young, healthy individuals right now, where we know they'll, you know, they'll be okay. Omicron's going around. People, you know, these young individuals will um, get through it. Uh, you know, m- most likely and. Um, so being able to, or forcing something that we don't know anything about on um, these people is that that to me was just a, a red flag and kind of um, because you can imagine these people when you see these adverse reactions or adverse events they you know thought that they were trying to do their part you know everybody yeah. was saying do your part yeah. get you know do your get part this. You have- hey guys i had the yeah. side effect every every yeah everybody do your your part well it's like you Except know well, you. now i can't <laughs> <laughs> well now i can't you know have a living because i have this situation right so it's it, it was complete you know when you think about something this is the opposite of oh well you have to have the vaccine in order to have your job and get paid but if you now have a side effect you can't through your job, well, you, there's no liability. We know that. That's a fact, right? There's no liability for these companies. You can't, they're not going to pay for your support, which is not 
and they're right. shattering, also. shattering profit records. Yeah, what, $36 billion? $36.5 billion, according to Axios, as of yesterday. Yeah. No incentives, yeah. though, guys. And That's now the... And now the, uh, the data is coming out to, uh, or at least now we have uh, some people on network saying, oh, well, masks should be an individual choice. And, you know, all these things that were, as we've said before, were misinformation, side effects were misinformation. But you don't know something's misinformation until you see it long term. Yes. You can't right away. Yeah. I mean, people are coming up with, right, right. Right. So, it, you know, if you're seeing, okay, all these, you know, these people are having side effects, all that misinformation. Well, this is just the beginning population, right? This is the beginning of the vaccine. These are people that went into the trials. This isn't after everybody, you know, starting to get it, right? So we might see things down the road even more. We don't, but we don't know, or we could not. Well, yeah. But only time's going to tell, right? I mean, it's, yeah, socks too, Oleg too. That's misinformation until, well, no, now it's not. Well, we, we don't know. We have to go through it. It's the, it's, right? That's the process of, of elimination. We don't know where the thing is. That's how we get yes. to it. For yeah. we, we all know the things that did work. Didn't Thomas Edison say he had 10,000 failed adventure, or 10,000 failed attempts at the light bulb until, yeah, the other 10,000 are now misinformation, <laughs> but he had to go through them all, and now we can just turn it on and off. That's how we mm. get to it. And it's, yeah. it is kind of, I don't mean to make light of it, but right, everybody do your part. Hey guys, I had, a, I had a side effect, not you. It's, I mean, it's so ironic that it's like mm -hmm. you're getting your PhD with the ruthless pursuit of science that is reproducible in other labs and stands up to peer review research, question everything. I agree. That's why I'm really concerned about these like mass vaccine. Shut up, Martha. And it's like, <laughs> yo, what are we, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like it, it's, it's. It would be hilarious if it like, it'd be hilarious if there wasn't such like serious effects in society. Like it's still kind of hilarious, but like, but you get what I'm saying. Like I'm not trying to. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying. I'm back in my yeah. quarter now, but <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have to weigh the pros and cons as well, right? So whenever you develop even a research question. Right, you look into your population, how many are getting affected, what's the survival rate yeah. before you propose your treatment, right? Or before you develop your treatment. You know, you're just not the other way around of, well, I don't know anything about the populations, but I'm going to propose a treatment for everybody, right? Usually hone in on, okay, so these are the individuals who need it most. You know, if I if I were, to, let's say, for example, on my thesis, I said 0 0.05 people, you know, die from this. Well, uh, you know, okay, we'll look into that component of, you know, or, or what other things might be influencing that, so, you know, survival rate or sorry, that, that death rate. Where then you look at another population of, oh, point or more than that, like 20% of people that get this will you know, will die. Okay, well, now let's, you know, let's work on that population. Let's, you know, drive to get that number down, right, to like that 0 0.05, right? Because there's so many different factors that could play a role. And, you know, we try and conquer the very, 
you know, the things of, okay, if somebody gets this, there is, it's a very unfortunate, you know, no chance. Um, that's like, you know, with, with some of these uh, aggressive tumors, like brain yeah, tumors, um, even for much. pediatric patients. Yeah. It's, it's very disheartening. And, you know, you're, you're in this field, you get to see some of it as well. And, you know, especially with these children where, you know, you have that reality check of oh, these, these kids, if they get this, if they have this brain tumor, you know, it's people are working. There are great physicians everybody, who are working so hard to help these patients, help these people and give them a longer life. You know, we're just trying to extend um, that rate. And so I'm, you know, I'm used to seeing that sort of thing, right? Of if somebody gets this, it's very dire. Um, same thing, there are populations then in COVID, if somebody gets COVID or the flu or something else, right? That could be an extreme case. Sure. Okay, but again, it's, it's on an individual level, right? It should be on an individual level. You have different populations that are going to respond differently to different medical um, situations, right? Or different diseases, right? Um, same thing with diabetes is a huge problem as well, right? Type 1 is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very sad. Same with type 2, right? It's, it's still, that is still in something that people can can die from. And so there's like, people that are working very hard on these different subjects where we do see healthy individuals, right? Like, like the type 1 is genetic, um, for an example, right? So, you know, same thing and then with, with cancer, right? You have these people that are really, you know, not before, right? Now they say, uh, right, things like lymphoma or breast cancer are more treatable than things like brain tumors, right? Well, that's because people had to work hard to get it there, right? People had to make these discoveries and had to question the research, right? <laughs> Go through this process, you know, same thing with the vaccines. There, there's a population that's sensitive to this virus. We'll fo- help them, focus on them, question the different therapeutic options, right? What What is going to be the best? Not what's going to be the best or make everybody feel good, right? And what what can we do that will, and it might not be this, you know, gene the, or this uh, gene therapy, right, that um, right? It's a um, genetically modified protein, right? That we're giving. It's not. It's anyways. No, 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 no. You no. But, you know, so. you're making a brilliant point, yeah. and it's it's kind of triaging on a population scale, and it's also like the right to experiment. I think it might have been Obama, it might have been Trump. I don't remember, but it was called. I think it was called the right to experiment. It was like end of life. Uh, you could kind of try maybe a little more exotic therapies that might be mm-hmm. lethal but yeah. to someone whose body's ravaged by cancer they might not be too concerned with the lethality of it to me that's kind of my whole like logic behind arguing for like the use of like in a clinical setting like psychedelics for suicidal people because mm. they're suicidal like they're clearly you know they're and i and i feel like i can say that so but what that means is that doesn't mean that we mandate it to everyone that doesn't mm-hmm. mean what it means is you go, hey, here is COVID. Most of y'all are going to be fine. Grandma might not be. 
Okay, and if she mm-hmm. does get it, she might survive. There's a good chance she won't. We have this new thing that overall right. you, you do. I mean, twenty thousand out of seven billion. I know it hasn't been all. Let's just say seven billion. Statistically, that's actually not a lot of deaths. So, Grandma, like mm-hmm. you probably won't get myocarditis. You might, but it looks like COVID will most definitely kill you. So maybe you do this shot, and maybe you do get a booster every six months. Otherwise, or or you might not, or you just want to roll the dice. Right, cool. but that's your choice, right? And that's, yeah. and that's fine. And that's you get to choose. Hey, it's not foolproof. It's not as safe as a multivitamin. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, you're in a position where you maybe I have an exotic, I have a brain tumor. I'm maybe not in a position to go. I'm going to wait for the safer thing. You have to go, Doctor. You might you might enjoy this. So my uncle Tom Collier, I think started or graduated Duke Medical School in 1980. Mm. Smartest person I've ever met in my life. Halfway through medical school, he was involved in a drunk driving accident and had half of his head crushed. I mean, genuinely <gasps> crushed in. He was brought to Dartmouth. He was brought to Dartmouth. It was up in New Hampshire. And they said that there's no way he could survive. Zero way. Mm-hmm. And there was a, as it's not, it's not brain cancer, but it is related to, related to the brain. They had been trying these, these, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. They've been trying this like experimental surgery in like the early, early eighties. And they had, I mean, they literally had like their lab attached to the hospital. They had like pigs and lambs and mice. And they were like, it's not at all foolproof. And the main doctor actually said, like, I won't do this. I think he said something like, this is Frankenstein, like, let him die. Mm -hmm. But my grandparents were like, he's like 26, 28. They were in great shape too, like lifter, Mm -hmm. runner. And they were like, Let's do it. And so the chief of the neurosurgery residency, he was a, I think he was the chief resident, Dr. Harbaugh, H-A-R-B-A-U-G-H. He was like, let's do it. Like the parents are giving the consent because otherwise at best case, he's going to be a vegetable. He's probably going to die. The hemicraniectomy. And they tried it. And my uncle Tom was the first person on the planet to survive it. He's in his mm. late 60s now. His quality of life, he's been in a wheelchair for about 10 years. He still went on, and so he got the hemicraniectomy, first ever, and then went back and finished medical school. Wow. And then worked at Jackson Memorial in Miami during in the transplant unit on the, on the top floor, which covers more than 51% of organ transplants in the Western Hemisphere. Went and worked for the Red Cross. Health got worse over the years. His loving wife, my aunt, takes care of him. Yes, he's in and out of the hospital, but you talk to him, FaceTime him on Christmas. He's still right there. He's like, Tom, your mm. podcast isn't that great. You think you're hot shit. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> but he's still, but he's still there. That, that process, that hemicraniectomy is now the go-to for soldiers at like Ramstein wow. Air Force Base that come back from war zones. It's used all mm. over the world. Motorcycle accidents, car crashes, construction accidents. Yes experimental no probably will not survive but we can give it we can give it the old college try and we can do it and not only did it work he survived i got to have an uncle still do and it has saved countless lives it was not mandated i don't remember why i started that that rant but 
in general, it's you have to push the boundaries of things. You have to question. Mm-hmm. They said it couldn't be done. They're like, it, it cannot be done. Mm-hmm. And here's mm-hmm. this case. And but, so my uncle kind of, you know, talking about doctors and how come some doctors are like, you know, Martha, you might not get a job after this. As my uncle Tom said, when I was applying to medical school, he said, hey, don't hold these people on. Don't put these pe- people on pedestals. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. And he goes, because I finished number one in my class at Duke and I had half a fucking brain. So, <laughs> so shout out Uncle Tom. But, you know, so to, to give you some of his advice, don't put him on pedestals. He literally came back and like had to learn how to walk again, had to learn how to eat and that, then went back and crushed medical school. That's awesome. It's insane. Awesome. It's insane. Like, yeah, it's insane. Is... I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll get my mom to send me an article or something. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Insane. Oh insane. And he, he is awesome. That's that's unheard. That's unheard of. That is no. It's it's wow. it's the miracle. It, it is the miracle. I mean, it is the miracle. Like it was not supposed to happen, but he did come back from it and lived. I mean, I would argue. Some people would say no. He's in a, in a wheelchair now. I would argue he's still alive and is is with still with his wife. He's had forty more years of. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue, yeah, a difficult life, but life, and Bye-bye. and. But I mean, I do all jokes aside, I do take what he said seriously. He was like, Hey, dude, don't. I literally finished it with half a brain. Like, I went back and finished number one. So he was like, Work hard, study for the MCAT. He's like, They're not infallible. He's like, They're jackasses. So <laughs> take from that what you will. Right. And he and he and he was a researcher, blood pathology, like headed up, I think, like the Red Cross on the West Coast. Like, it, wow. Insane. But. Mm. So one, yes, experimental shit can be dangerous. That's what science is. Yeah. That's how you move it forward. I mean, the first astronauts to die didn't even die in space. They died in a practice run on right, Apollo 1. They died at, at the space center because something went wrong. But if you want to use it, you can. And if it works, now this new surgery works. And God knows how many soldiers have just... Now it's just a normal thing. Not, not normal. Brain's always more dramatic. But now it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, you broke your arm. Yeah, no, we can get that fixed. It used to be you get surgery, you're going to die from sepsis. Right. Now it's like, no, you're good. Right. You can now have yeah. these horrific brain injuries. And because of my uncle, he survived. And it's mm-hmm. now, so it's not just that he survives. It opens a whole new field of medicine right. that affects right. millions. Yes. So, like, mRNA shots might be the best thing ever. Hats off. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot force people to get these. You cannot belittle them. And as Dr. Bargava said, you can't, this goes against all medical ethics to say, to make people feel yeah. bad. Just ethics. Sorry ethics, for that yeah. ramble now. But, uh, no, no, that was, that was really, really good. Um, because so even going back to ethics, right? Everybody, even us as researchers, we have to take um, research ethics, right? Um, where we even, you know, you learn about uh, the unfortunate story of Henrietta Lacks, for example, right? So uh, I don't know if you're familiar. So, um, yeah, so her cancer cells are still used, but her cancer cells were taken from her without her knowledge, essentially. Uh-huh. So this is back in the 50s. So this is when they were first making discoveries. Um, but be- And then because of that, they, from there, you had to get patient consent for taking uh, samples from right? They're the patient's own, <laughs> own right? uh, tissues, yeah. right? So you have to get consent. And so 
if we learn anything from this, or, you know, if you want to think of this in a positive way, is that we have to evaluate the ethics on this situation. Same thing, if, you know, with the situation with Henrietta Lacks, if no, you know, if nobody stepped in and was like, hey, this is, this is wrong. You can't just take samples from patients, right, who are in pain and, you know, have, have this tumor. Um, you know, you have to have ethics in place because there will be those people who, you know, it's, it, it happens, right? We want to think everybody's good, but, you know, there are people out there who, you know, that, that's the reality of it. Um, so these these things are in place because somebody had to step in, mm-hmm. right, and make that change to make things better. So same, So right now, right, so before that was kind of whatever, right, that was accepted. So right now, if we're accepting this, then that's why it's important to be those people to step in ethically of, hey, this is, this isn't the way to go, right? Ethically, scientifically, right? Um, so if anything, we need, this is why we need to speak of it or about it in the scientific community, because we should try to make the changes for better. So for better scientifically for the people who might be affected or affected by it, and as well, um, ethically, right? So make sure that somebody can't just do this in the future, right? Because as Bhargava said, now you can make anything a vaccine and one of your podcasts, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some more. And don't let me keep you, by the way. I'm Like I said, I don't have any podcasts to do tomorrow, so I know I'm You're okay. I know this is, I know I was like, I still, I, I need to eat dinner, but this is. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to wrap it up? Having so much fun. Okay, yeah, well, we probably should. All right, I'm I know, but it's it's so great. Well, okay, well, I'll I'll finish up the point real quick. Sorry, there's a great book called Space Barons by Christian Christian Davenport, and he talks about the kind of the parallels and the differences between Bezos and Musk. Their different approaches, but how they're both wildly successful and worth multi hundreds of billions of dollars. But there is a there's a quote I love from. Um, Bezos, or not Bezos, excuse me, Musk, I don't remember what the exact quote is. He goes, we often look at the progression of technology as just a constant, right? Like water eroding a shoreline, right? We just kind of accept that this stuff happens. Your hair grows, right? We just expect the weather is just going to start getting warmer. It's February. He goes, with technology, it moves forward because we relentlessly by the way, I just remember, I haven't eaten either. So actually, I just lost all sympathy. He goes, we have to push the, I, tr- I swear, he goes, we push these forward relentlessly. And that's what leads to these little changes. We often can look back and go, oh, yeah, remember when we had flip phones and now we got iPhone? No, no, no. It's, there's a bunch of little things that you don't see and a lot of mm-hmm. people don't see and a lot of investors don't see mm-hmm. and a lot of people fail. But some people, yeah. like mm-hmm. a Steve Jobs or an Elon Musk, go, I think it can fucking happen. I think we can do this. And you push and you push and you push and you push and then it breaks and we go, well, now it's working. And what you said about breast cancer is like, well, you know, these therapies are working. They were pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And that really makes me think about like social issues and like the ethics of this. We just expect that if I walk outside naked, the cops are going to come arrest me. They're still going to read me my Miranda rights. There was a time when that wasn't the case. So even mm-hmm, what you're talking mm-hmm. about now with yeah. taking your cancer cells, 
these things, these consent forms, these you know, informed consent, the, you have to know about the alternative treatments. You have to know, mm-hmm. hey, was, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, we are, we do get kickbacks from, like, you need to know that. You need to, yeah, conflicts of interest, all of that, yes. No, there was a time when this didn't exist. There was, for most of human history, there wasn't the first event, uh, First Amendment, the very thing you and I are screaming about. Yeah, it's been, I'm screaming, you're talking about professionally. I'm <laughs> screaming about till I get red in the face. Is uh, Maybe both of our blood sugars just dropping rapidly. But for <laughs> most, we're, we're just dilute. We look back on this tomorrow, we're like, dude, that was fucking horrible. That was horrible. Just, <laughs> yeah. I know, next time we both need to be sitting yeah. here with a pizza or something. Pizza, just, just glucose. Just glucose. We'll have Dr. Bargava. We'll have Dr. Bargava moderate it. Um, but the point is, is right. These things march forward slowly. And in hindsight, some people hit it out of the park. Post Malone first mix, like outsold the Beatles. Hey man. All right. I'm jealous, Mm -hmm. but okay. You have to march forward meticulously, slowly, like a glacier moving through a mountain range over millions of years. And you look back and you go, yeah, you've got this Valley. It took a long time to get there. And growth is very difficult. You look at like a bodybuilder. It's very difficult and time consuming. You don't see it happen in a day. So what are we experiencing now? You more than me, because again, I have a podcast. You're actually in this field. Dr. Bargov is actually in this field. Dr. McCullough is still a practicing physician. Like People forget that. He still sees yeah. patients. I know that because I text him and he says, stop, stop, uh, stop blowing up my phone, Tommy. And I'm like, I'm like, Dr. McCall, I need to send you this meme. It's still a, a practice. And the growth is what we're seeing right now is pain. You, Bargava, mm-hmm. McCall. And like you said, relatively, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but it comes at a price. The sit-in 60, it's however many, no, 62 years ago this month, like the black sit-ins at diners. Yeah. They're going to call the yeah. cops on you. They're going to, I lived mm. in South Georgia. Yeah, man. A lot of them are still for that shit. Yeah. They're going to open up the fire hoses. They're going to release the dogs. Now we look at that and we say atrocious, disgusting, right. but there was that growth period. It wasn't all freedom March MLK in DC. A lot of it was horrifically won at great cost. Mm-hmm. Something that none of us question. And not only do we not question, we go great, perfect that that happened. No one, no one, no one questions the neuron. We go great. That, yeah. but right now what we're seeing is this sort of this microscopic. You're seeing the growth. You go, mm-hmm. oh, it doesn't feel good standing out. It doesn't feel good going, hey guys, this is. I know you're going to call me an anti-vaxxer, but this just isn't adding up. I feel like this goes against the courses I take. And then when even your not just your peers, but the the people you look up to, are kind of saying and kind of shrouded answers like hey you're not going to have an opportunity in the future yeah well hey, that's what moves this stuff forward and you have a much greater mm-hmm. respect for those in the past that did it but you also understand the burden not burden not not burden the burden but the obligation that you have to push it forward someone mm-hmm. has to do it someone has to stand up so mm-hmm. with that i will release you to go get food <laughs> Thank you as well. This, uh, I have your permission. Thank you. And, yes. uh, I have, uh, you can leave my podcast. My, uh, thank you for having me on FowlerCast. It's been an honor. I mm-hmm. uh, hope I don't get you banned from YouTube. But um, so with that, Miss Martha Fowler, thank you so much for coming on here. Everybody out there. Thank you. 
do the right thing. You know what the right thing is in your heart. People are going to make fun of you. Just do it. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Fuck the haters. Just do the right thing. Thank you so much. And I will stop. Recording.